Hello, everybody. Happy New Year. Took a big sip for all of us. Happy New Year. Uh, the first Zoom of 2023. And um, I'm assuming there's no children on for today's Zoom with the topic at hand. But I just think it's pretty funny that it's the first Zoom of 2023. And it's the first time we're all excited to talk about getting fucked. So there's that little uh, foray into the year. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I hope that whether you were low key, whether you went and did your thing, whatever the case may be, you're home resting and feeling good. Oh, I didn't take the waiting room off. One sec. Okay, cool. So let's get into it. Today's topic is about um, the obvious. And I'm really kind of wanting to get a feel before we jump in. I want to know, those of you, tell me in the chat, what was your first thought when you saw today's topic? What were you thinking? What were, were you curious about anything? Were you nervous about anything? Were you hoping something gets talked about specifically? Just if you're willing to, I'm hoping by the end of this, we're all feeling a lot more comfy. But um, if you're so brave to kick us off, tell me in the chat, what were you thinking as soon as you saw that the topic was sex? Or better off, better yet, sexy time, which is what I titled my notes. Sexy time. What was everyone's first thought? It would be cool to have a sex drive again. Aw, Izzy, that would be cool. Um, I'm hoping to get some ideas to want to have sex more. Yep. All right. Well, I voted for it, even though I thought this is probably going to mostly be for couples. I'm going to try. And I mean, there's not a whole lot that is about the mindset aspect of the stuff we're going to talk about today that doesn't apply solo, but I'm going to try and involve solo stuff as much as I can today, because I thought of that as well. We have a lot of clients who are not um, having sex with anyone right now. So except themselves. So there we're, I'm going to try and include that as much as I can. All right. So usually I see a combo of both. I see those who have reduced sex drive, and then I have those who have hypersex drive. And I think that in between and throughout both sides of those spectrums are also people that have a whole history of not so great times involving sex. So maybe it's just that it doesn't, you know, you're not totally against it, but the thought that goes into it outweighs the benefit, you know, or maybe it, there was a bunch of stuff. So I'm hoping that we can get through it today. And I know it's a very vulnerable topic, but I want to make sure because there is so much to this, that if there's something that I'm either kind of going in the direction of that you're really feeling, or you want to make sure I mention it, tell me in the chat, even if you said it's a privately, okay, I will try my damnedest to not miss that it's private and I will not read it out loud. So you're always welcome to text me to message me anything in the chat here privately. So let's get into it. So I think that there are three big pillars in terms of good sex in my eyes. And I think number one, I'm going to break these down more, but turn my phone off. It is blowing up. Do not disturb. Okay. Now my ADD can focus too. So the three pillars for good sex, in my opinion, one being present and focused on current sensations. That is it sounds obvious, but for anyone who has kind of a riddled past with intimacy or with sex or anything like that, that can be the hardest one is even just like 
recognizing the sensations that are currently happening without being so in your head about something that you have to like remind yourself like, Oh, wait, wait, I'm having sex. Okay. Wait back to this. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that for, and again, that could be for a million reasons. That's the case. Number two, being present and focused on seeking pleasure, whether it's a one, two or more person thing. We're sex positive in here. I don't, we don't judge. Um, I, I don't care. You, you could tell me you have an affinity for stuffed animals and I'd be like, sweet. I don't know. <laughs> Probably save on condoms, I guess. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't care. Um, nothing shocks me. So I think focusing on what seeking pleasure out, no matter what, if it's a one, two or more person kind of spiel, um, we forget that that's an okay thing to do. And we forget that that could be different in what that pleasure is from person to person based on a bunch of stuff, right? And then three, communication of turn-ons and compromises, which I think is a little bit sexier way of saying a fun way to talk about consent and needs. So I like to say turn-ons and compromises. So from these three, what I'm gonna read the chat here, but from these three, what's st what stands out to you guys? What do you connect with? What feels like was a problem, is a problem? Give me a little bit of feedback in the chat. Let's see. Oh, Mo, that's a great topic. I, I see your question here. More tips on how to deal with, deal with sex partners wanting you to do things your body physically can't anymore and how to deal with that when you're a kinky broad. I love that one. Can I ask you a huge favor at the end? Can you remind me that question again? Because I'm hoping we're gonna have lots of chatter and I'll, I don't wanna miss it, but I definitely wanna answer that because that's really, really good. Um, okay, I struggle with being in the present moment. HS is so self-esteem crippling. I tend to find myself most relaxed when I've drank. That is such a common thing, such a common, such a common thing, okay? Um, and we're gonna get into in terms of, I, I guess that kind of goes in a similar pattern, right? Because Mo, you're talking about the physical aspect of stuff. And Corley, you're talking about the emotional aspect of stuff, feeling self-conscious or just very overly aware of your body. Um, and I think that those are kind of two peas in a pod, kind of, you know, illness robs so much from us. Um, and I think what the biggest thing that illness creates is an audience that we don't want. So if you're trying to do something like you're trying to have sex and here you go, you now have an audience into your, your illness, your chronic illness, something that you just don't want to even look at or deal with yourself now is on display for somebody else in the most vulnerable moment that you could share with them. So it's understandable being like, you know, thinking, what does it look like? Um, not only that, the pain, you know, uh, HS can be extremely painful. Um, you know, Mo forcing yourself to contort into different positions that you used to do, right? Be painful, you know? So all of that kind of takes a hit at, it's your self-esteem, but it's also your identity, right? Like there is some outside force you can't control that is changing up how you give or receive pleasure. And I think that that is like, that really takes a lot from us. Um, so I guess my question would be, trying to think my ADHD has like 15 questions that it wants me to ask, but ultimately 
what is it that you wish you could do? And this is, I guess, fitting for both of you, but what do you wish you could do sex-wise that illness takes away from you? Is it how you would display yourself? Is it the positions you do, what you do? Like, I don't care. We can get as explicit as anyone else is willing to be. Um, But what would it be? Would it be something as simple as keeping the lights on, wanting to do it more? You know, what is something, and this goes for anyone, that you would want to do unapologetically while having sex that you feel your illness prevents you from? Tammy, you want to come join the sex talk? No, you're just going to look like you want to get picked up and then run away. Okay. It's a deep question. What do you wish that you could unapologetically do in bed that you feel like illness prevents you from? Positions are hard now. <laughs> no pun intended. Pun intended. Um, even vanilla missionary is difficult on my body. So this is, I don't mean for this to sound ableist because for all I know, you might have freaking done this already, right? But I guess all I can do is answer how I would if I was in the same situation, right? And I would try to find other ways to make it feel good, look good, whatever, that are really for my body to be able to feel its best. Meaning if I go to a house I'm not going to ask them to have it. Like, I'm not even going to tell them my dietary restrictions. I'm just going to bring my own shit and I'm going to bring enough for everybody. And I'm going to make it seem like I brought this for everyone, but really it's so that I can eat. So if you have, and again, I don't know if you tried this already, but if you have your own like set of like body approved positions, um, it, I don't know, it could be stuff besides sex, you know? Um, but whatever you have your plan, your go-to's, that let's say on certain days where you're like, you're cannot, you know, you have, this is my, my, I don't want to say plan of mediocrity. Cause it's like the last word you want to involve with sex, but kind of the same thing where it's like, I have my baseline for the bad days. I have my, here's a little bit more elevated for the good days, you know, and take it as it comes. And then the other thing is I can't imagine sex being good with a partner who you can't be open and honest about your struggles with. Honestly, that's part of this communication, being present, everything, you know, yeah, I mean, we all get horny, we all want to have sex, right? But if you're single, and you're going to be with someone, it's almost like what the what's the point of bad sex? And like, you could have probably have better sex on your own, you know, than having bad sex with someone else. And if you're if you feel at all withheld or weird or anything in describing how you can have good sex too, then that partner is probably not going to be very pleasure giving. And that's a huge red flag. And you're probably better off putting some new batteries in something and just taking care of it yourself. Honestly, it's not even worth leaving your house. <laughs> but that again, I don't mean for that to sound ableist. It's the only way I know to answer that would be to what I could think to do in that situation or how I would spin it to myself. I hope it helped. Um, and then in terms of, let's see, correlate shh, animals. No, no. Shh. Okay. I don't know why I just called out to them in an old money fashion, but it worked. So they stopped barking. Um, let's see, just enjoying it and not feel like it's a chore. Okay. So when you are, when, well, for your partner, do they ever lead on or tell you that HS is ever even a factor? And is it a matter of physical comfort or are you saying, um, even just knowing that these these breakouts are there um, makes me self-conscious. 
because it's going to sound like a simple thing, but I'd venture to say if you were having the sex of your life, letting that HS hang out and just like, you know, going out or whatever, I would say most partners would probably be like, oh my God, this is amazing. What's going on? This is great. Like I'm gonna buckle up for this. They would not see marks. They wouldn't see anything more than they would see a chipped pedicure. You know, it's like when there's there's something very particular going down. Um, I I don't know that there's much capacity for brain to be elsewhere, you know? So it's similar to when we're out in public and like, we are very aware of our size where people around us might, they would never even remember that they saw us on the street. Everyone's kind of wrapped up in their own thing to notice. Um, or has it been something that's been discussed or if it's painful, you know, let's see. Um, it's honestly all mental for me. My husband doesn't care about my HS. Yeah. So that doesn't make it any easier, but it, it does give you a place to try to change the inner dialogue because it's proven the CIA friggin' tactic. You could brainwash somebody by just repeating the same thing over and over and over again. And internally and throughout society, a lot of these inner beauty standards and comparisons and, and, you know, criticisms and everything has been drilled into our head everywhere we look for how long now of what perfect is or hot or sexy or whatever is. So really that's been our brainwashing to change that. We're not going to, and I hate the term fake it till you make it. I don't, but in a way until we like, unless we fake that dialogue changing, and we decide to like brainwash ourselves out of it, basically, we're not going to really feel or believe it at first. It's going to, it takes that repetition, that exposure, that walking away from a situation being like, wow, I really enjoyed myself and that went okay. It just gets a little bit easier and having the support to talk to people who get it, you know, like us here, it helps it. It does. So nothing we say today is going to be like abracadabra. You don't give a shit anymore. This stuff is really deep rooted, but <laughs> And not that I think that the, it's the first time you realize that it's mental for you and he doesn't care, but if it helps going forward to test the waters, purposely try to have like have sex as if you don't even know what HS is and then see how it is on the other side of that, how not nothing's changed for the worst. If anything, you just had great sex and it might not be something that feels natural at first, which is weird to say while telling you to have sex with your partner, but um, I think real similar to a couple weeks ago, I mentioned going out to a Christmas, uh, a holiday party without checking the mirror first or, and people are like, oh, it's crazy, but everyone that did it had a great time anyway, you know? So it's just those little exposures of feeling like it is safe to not have this idea of what looks good and feels good and is right for right now. Like I could have even better sex with my partner um, if this is something I focus on working on, which I know, you know, it's not groundbreaking, but um, it's hard. It's really hard, especially when you feel like it's an illness that shows up as a, a breakout. It's like a foreign thing. It's like, I didn't want to invite this into bed with us. You know, again, it's not the spice you were looking for, you know, um, it's very hard. I hope that helped. Let's see. My favorite position on top sometimes takes coaxing from my partner to do naked because of my insecurity due to illness. Okay. Can I just say something that might make it seem like I, like I have bad sex, but I, I hate being on top. I hate it. Can we just, can we just say that? Like I, some of you guys might love it. It might be your favorite. I don't know. I don't know if I'm just not aerodynamic like that, but if, if it's painful, like I have to think about balance the whole time. I feel like, you know, it, 
I feel like movies have ruined it for us where they look like they're just like effortlessly bouncing up a doubt and I'm sitting there like grappling on to something and like trying not to pop a socket out. Like, you know, it's just not sexy to me, at least it's the same as shower sex. Shower sex is not sexy. It's like, you got to think there's not a lot of room. You might fall. It's just not, it's, it's just for aesthetics. I feel like it's like this. I don't know. Does anyone agree with me? Or we got people in here like, I love being on top, which is so cool. And I'm, I'm so jealous. But I just, I can't, I just can't. It's not my thing. Um, I'm a bottom two. <laughs> yes, I love it. Shower sex is dangerous. I would need a shower chair. Oh my God, <laughs> get one from like CVS or something. No, the first time um, I tried to have shower sex with Nick was at my old apartment and he fell out of the shower and took the whole shower curtain and everything out with him got bruised because it was a tiny ass bathroom and he like fell on the sink <laughs> it was like like this is just for the movies man <laughs> um i love on top i'll be doing it on top when i'm 90 okay so then wait we got to fix this because if you love it and like it's not just like a here's a little blessing for my partner which is totally okay you know as long as it's a give and take um then yeah okay so you love it, right? So what's the thing that like, I'm gonna encourage you to say the embarrassing thing, right? Like say, what would be the worst thing about you not thinking of what your body's looking like or doing at that moment, but thinking about what you're feeling at that moment, being present and focused on current sensations and seeking pleasure. What would you be doing differently than how it's been as you've been more insecure? Does that make sense? I feel like my body is so jiggly without clothes in that position. I'm going to tell you something that blew my mind. Um, usually people like the jiggle. You ever watch someone dance and uh, they like don't have very much emo like, like movement or anything. You're kind of looking at them and you're like, what are you doing? You know, or like if you've ever danced and in your head, you feel like you're very like animated or whatever, and you've seen it back and you're like, I look like I'm bored. Like I'm barely moving. Right. So perception of how we're moving is different than how it presents or in theater. They tell you like, basically you have to yell and over enunciate, which feels very weird, but to the audience, they're not getting that. They're just getting it clearer. I don't know if this makes sense entirely, but Basically, you feel jiggly and you feel like it would look bad, but your partner is like, it's looking like they're just like railing the shit out of you, right? Like, because everything's moving. So I, I don't, I don't think that they think of that as like, oh God, I wish this was hot. This was like a little more firm. I think it's just like, like, look at this awesome sex I'm having. It's interesting because it's the same thing, like in regular life too, like, People who you could just tell they're not overly thoughtful of the way they're looking. They're not thinking overly about like how they're presenting, how they feel. They're just living and present. They, that comes across as confidence. And I've, we've all seen those people that we feel like it, they look more attractive as a result. It's the same thing with sex. Like they're not sitting there nitpicking your body or the things you notice about yourself. They're overall present in the situation with current sensations and seeking pleasure. So they're not even in the zone that you're in. If you want to get out of that zone and get in the zone where they want to see the jiggle and they want to see inertia happening because that's like, yeah, that's the goal, right? If anything, it's easier because like it looks far more dramatic <laughs> than what's actually happening. 
Um, I don't know if that helped at all, but let's see. Scrolling. I love all of the messages in here. I have so much fun with this talk. And I never know how people are going to feel about it. So I'm like, I'm just going to ask them how their sex has been lately. But always feel free to talk to me about this stuff. I love it. The spontaneity of sex. I have to work myself into being okay with where I'm at in that moment and be ready to enjoy myself without feeling insecure about myself. Okay, so... Have you, um, Danny, have you communicated the turn-ons and compromises? Meaning, have you communicated, like, I really like it when this, this, and this happens. Beforehand, during, after, right? Like, you, however, whatever you want to say. And then what your needs are in terms of what you don't like. And now nobody wants to feel like a nag if what they don't like is something their partner likes. But that's why I said compromises rather than needs. It feels like I do stuff you like and like, obviously don't do anything you're not okay with. But like in terms of your favorite stuff, what might be somebody's favorite thing that like really gets their gears going might not be what yours is, right? So that that discussion of that is really is really important. What is it about the spontaneity that ruins it for you? Let me scroll down here. I wish it just like replied back to the original message. So what do you feel like about the spontaneity feels like a big, feels nerve wracking, feels like, like, what are some of the things going through your head? Paint the picture for me. It's in, it's in my head. Yeah. So I think for that, then it would just be a matter of reprogramming the dialogue, you know, maybe telling yourself like my partner loves watching us have sex together, like love seeing me, love seeing my face, love seeing my body, whatever it is that you're feeling very self-conscious about, you don't, don't tell yourself that it's not true. Like, I hate this toxic positivity shit where it's like, just look at them and tell you, you know, say my roles are beautiful. Like if you don't feel that, that's a very bold statement. I prefer to be more like make call a truce. Right. And if you just tell yourself like, you know, whatever my thoughts are on what's going on, my partner's really down for this. Like my partner's super excited right now for what's about to happen. I know it sounds simple, but repeating that, what that does, having that reprogramming, again, goes back to being present in current sensations, like reminding yourself of what's currently going on, and then being present and focused on seeking pleasure, both you or your partner. Well, you and your partner it should always be you and your partner. But, you know, so it takes time, but it's that reprogramming of not so much like, ah, oh, you know, everything is great, everything is sunshine and rainbows, but that reprogramming of like, Right now, this is the last thing on my partner's mind. Like, they're just really excited to, like, do this. And spontaneity is hard. Spontaneity is a lot of pressure. Spontaneity, I would say, is a lot of pressure. Even if we were all, you know, we, we were all completely at peace with our bodies entirely. I think that it's, that's what I was getting at before with the compromises. Because I see here. Katie's message. I love being spontaneous because it always surprises hubs. There are different components to spontaneity. So you want to figure out what about the spontaneity kind of makes me anxious. Is it if I like, 
I don't know. I wasn't planning on this happening today. I don't feel like, I feel like I should shower first. Um, I just wasn't in the mood. So now I feel like I got to fake it. You know, like whatever it is about the spontaneity, it's not a bad thing. Some people need a warm up, and some people like the spontaneity, but they like it a certain way. You know, they like planned spontaneity, maybe, you know, there are so many different ways to compromise and suit both people's desire, you know, for spontaneity or whatever. It can mean a bunch of different things. It could be fun, like with food. Just because you can't have one thing without feeling like shit doesn't mean that you're out of options that aren't also fun. So I think diving into that of like, what is it about it that really kind of grinds my gears and makes it not fun anymore? Could maybe be the, the, the seed of an idea that could become even more fun. Um, they're also the being ready. Are my legs shaved? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm a big old hippie with that stuff. We all know that. I don't give a damn about shaving, but I'm not judging, you know, anyone's setups, situations or whatever. Like I'm not against it when I get annoyed with it is when I shave, you know, so, and I, I do, but um, I would also maybe see because what I used to consider no sex zone stubble was very much never the case for my partner. Like they understand that like we were not prepping for this so they don't expect me to be hairless from the eyelashes down at all times, you know, because that's just, that's a lot of maintenance, you know? And a lot of times we put that on ourselves when really our partner, we, we probably, you know, had diarrhea in the same hotel room with them before by this time, you know, our partner probably doesn't care because they're excited that they're, you know, if anything, they feel like it's like, Ooh, scandalous. Like I get, you know, it's like, um, I was going to say backdoor access, but we're not going there. Um, I get like, you know, it's that it's like not supposed to happen because you weren't prepared for it. It like adds to the spontaneity, right? Like in the movies, not everyone who's like ripping clothes off and stuff or sitting there, hair, you shave and ready to go in real life. They were preparing for that. Let's see. I want to make sure I didn't miss anybody. Okay, a um, couple. I would like to be able to actually have sex without having to shower and be on the bed and everything else first. Yeah, I would say push the boundaries of what your partner's still turned on by, like, and how little they care about stuff. Um, I think that, again, like, if you have one partner who has an easier time being present on current sensations and present on pleasure seeking, those are the things they're focusing on. That's why the two of you are focused on those three things. Sex is great because you've talked about it. You're both present. You're both engaged. And that's not to mean that if you're not, that there's something wrong. It just means that if any of these three are out of line, then that helps you focus on what would strengthen your sex behind the scenes is like, okay, here's where the struggle point is. Here's where we strengthen. You know, so I think maybe try pushing the boundary of not having to have sex and have everything. I mean, not have to shower and have everything all set, ready to go ahead of time. They might be totally okay with it and still great sex, less effort. Something I'm struggling with is figuring out sexuality with femme people again after being cishet men for being with cishet men for years like I feel scared or intimidated by femme presenting people, even though it's not like I have no experience. Well, I think there's a few people, uh, there's a few people in CCA who are in a similar situation. 
Um, and I think that the biggest thing is we tend to hold on to how we used to act with things. But if we're people who are obsessed with growing, we're obsessed with understanding ourselves, bettering ourselves, trying to continue and, you know, improve and all of those things. Well, then why are we don't want to look at how we handled something back when we were at a different place, whether it's more of an insecure place or a sick place, less aware, less, you know, we liked ourselves less at that time than the things that we did from relationships, friends, things we enjoyed back then, whatever. If we don't feel that same way now, it could just be a part of growth. It could be just this new part or place that you're in in life. You just have different tastes and wants and stuff. So the, the fear might be, well, how do I navigate this now? I mean, I've done it before and it shouldn't be weird, but really maybe changing up the question to saying with where I'm currently at, if I want to be present and focused on current sensations and pleasure seeking, what does that look like for me now? What, what do I need in a partner? And then just kind of get comfy having that internal dialogue, like number three, communication of turn-ons and compromises. If you're at a new venture in your life or just a new place and venture, but like a new place in your life, especially of, of growth, then you need to have that same communication of, of um, turn-ons and compromises with yourself. You might want to try something you've never tried. You might want to cross something off the list that used to be great. Whatever it is, we're always allowed to call those shots. If anything, it makes us feel more in touch with being present and sharing that pleasure seeking with our partner, in my humble opinion. So I always feel like such an asshole talking about these topics. Like I love it, but then I'm like, oh my Dr. Ruth, I don't know. You guys listen to me or not, <laughs> but um, I'm leading y'all how the way I would handle it. So and I like to think I have pretty great sex. So let's see. Top is painful for me. Yeah, I I hear that. I really hear that. I mean, even I've done a lot. I, I freaking rebuilt this whole house and sex on top. I am like abysmal. I last like we got three ups and downs and I'm like, all right, enough. <laughs> like I said, I can't. How is this even fun for you? It hurts. I got a hoist, you know? So, but again, I was always so jealous of my friends who were like in so into it. So I'm like, am I missing something? I'm just not into it. So much thought and coordination that I don't have. Um, okay. So last year for Valentine's day, my husband got us a sex swing. We hung it in the garage because there was no fucking way that was getting used. I could not stop laughing. That is so, and everyone thinks you have a sex swing in your garage. That's even better. I would totally put that up in the house as like a decorative chair. <laughs> like uh, Nick is shaking his head at me off screen, but I so would. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it though. That's spicy. Um, fake it till you make it, act sexy, and then you feel sexy. For me, I feel like I also was envious of people who could do that because that's the one. I have a very difficult time, call it masking, whatever you want to call it. I have a very hard time reacting or not being overly conscious of like if I'm masking during three times. When somebody is crying or in pain, in front of me, like physically in front of me. And it's just us when I'm receiving gifts and I'm opening them in front of people. And when I'm trying to act sexy or look sexy, those are the three times where the touch of the tism comes out and I have no expression whatsoever. And it's, 
it's a mess. <laughs> but to those who could put that shit on, forever envious because I look like like someone should be asking me if I can smell burnt hair. Like if I'm trying to do that, like it's not, it's like water on the motherboard. It's not good. So, but I should try to do that and, and record it for you guys. But, okay, let's see. 18 years. Oh, he don't give a shit about stubble. Absolutely. Okay. Um... Stop shaving in the past few years. And my mom always comments on my leg hair when she sees it. I swear to God, I think that that's very, first of all, very generational. I will never forget. And my mom, my mom, bless her heart, has apologized for it a million times. Um, it's definitely a work in progress, our relationship. We go to family therapy to work on it. Not something I thought would ever happen. I don't think she ever thought that would happen either. Whatever. But one of my, like, core memories is being a little ass girl and my mom in like forcefully like shaving my bikini line and like in between my legs and stuff like that because she didn't want people to like make fun of me at the pool or she didn't want like weird men to like look at me and stuff and it was very much from a place of genuine like fear and think thought that she was like saving me but there was also the plucking of the eyebrows the random hair removal and it was never good right and still when you know I, I think that of all of the things that she has gotten used to me being pretty out there about, I would say body hair is the one thing where she just knows not to really say anything about it. But we are very much not like that is not something that's okay. Like she would judge it every single time if she could, but she would for herself too. You know, like would, would want to shave before going to the hospital or something like that's, you know, how nervous she was about it. It's annoying. I've told her it's annoying too. She agrees. Um, for people who feel like they need to shower, shave, et cetera, maybe just masturbate together, but don't touch. Sounds weird, but when I'm touched out, but horny. Touched out is a big topic too. That's a big one that I don't think gets discussed uh, like publicly, but I can tell you, I hear it from so many clients that if you are like just overstimulated all day long, especially if you have young kids who are just touching, grabbing all day long, that those clients who have partners whose love language is physical touch, that could be a lot, you know, and especially if sex drive issues enters the chat, it's like, they don't want to feel like they're just completely neglecting their partner, but they don't, they just don't want to touch <laughs> or be touched. You know, um, I think playing together first helps, but I really, really love showering. This isn't realistic for people who have young kids. I don't think I'm sorry. It's my one in as someone who can't have kids. It's like, eh. we, Nick and I love showering together. We got two showers, two shower heads in the same shower for a reason in our main bath. I have no, I, I don't give a shit if anyone realizes that we both shower at the same time. Again, I hate shower sex, but we literally just like unwind in a shower together. Like we did in our old house where we had a regular standard shower, like, we did this because we love showering together, not having shower sex after the fallout scene. But, you know, and I think either trying to include your partner, if you're someone who maybe needs a little bit more of a warm up, like you like spontaneity, but there's limits and you would really rather just have it be a gentle kind of caring warm up, especially if you're touched out all day long, kind of slowing into that is a really good tip. You still feel connected and intimate with your partner 
but it's on a turn, it's on your terms with boundaries that you feel comfortable with. So I love that. Great tip. I used to care so much about body hair status uh, if we were going to have sex, but then I realized he didn't care and then I didn't feel weird about it. Yeah, it's really liberating. It's really liberating, I swear. Um, but to each their own. No, again, zero judgment. I know a lot of a lot of people are really not about the body hair, like, and that's okay too. Yeah, as long as they don't force me to shave. But okay, so what did I write here for you guys? I'm not going to call anyone's name out specifically on this question, but if you guys are willing to, I want you to put, I want you to grade how satisfying, not the lead up, not when it, like I'm talking when it happens, right? So when it happens, grade it from one to 10. Tell me in the chat. One being like abysmal as pleasurable as a tampon and number 10 and 10 being like, Ooh, we should, we should sell videos. Like rate. Would you, what would you say your, your sessions are rated at? Like when it's actually going down eight. Woo. Love to see it. What else? What else? Four <laughs> by myself, eight to 10. I love the honesty. Nine, nine. I love the honesty because it's so important. And I love seeing people who actually know their bodies and like take care of that shit, you know, like why not? Nine, I love it. Now, let me ask you guys a question. What is a 10? What would be a 10 out of 10? We got a three. I love it. More honest, the better. And it doesn't have to be blamed on anybody. And it's not for a joking matter. He's a 10. <laughs> Being taken to a parallel universe. Okay. So you guys mean like if you have an orgasm, right? Like if it's enjoyable, there's a completion to it. Anybody here ever have an issue with complete, like completion with having an orgasm? Never had one. And I'm sure when people hear that, they're like, try to throw all their tips possible, which is probably your favorite conversation to have. I don't have them with sex. Oh yeah, no, me, like um, most people, another huge myth, most people can only orgasm from uh, clitoral stimulation, not from like internal stimulation. A big old movie myth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, orgasms are better when I'm ovulating, no matter how much I try. That's interesting. Probably with the surge of hormones, um, not with penetration. Yeah. Lilo brand. Oh my God. That's like, it's like luxury brand. I've always, <laughs> I've always wanted one, but then I, I don't know. I, I can't stand, I don't know if anyone else relates to this, but, um, vibration is like too much for me. Like it's not enjoyable. I, I think I've said this in another zoom too, before is I am, I have tried I've wanted a Lilo brand one just because it's so like, you know, the silicone's so soft and it looks so nice and futuristic, but it's truly an aesthetic thing. It's too much for like, it, I just don't find it pleasurable. Like it just becomes it, like a little painful. And then it's just like annoying to me. I don't know if it's a, a sensory thing, but um, I, I can't. Yeah, it's too much at once. 
it gets like it, it just yeah it's too much it just becomes overwhelmingly not a great thing and I've always been like am I doing this wrong and then I I've just come to realize that some people are like that for sure you just never talk about it um when I say I've never had one they think I just mean with another person but I really mean never yeah there are a lot of people that are that have dealt with that yes I have friends give me every tip they have yeah it's so weird it's like let's just sit around and talk about how to you know how you get off when it's probably like it's not like you have just been like oh I guess I don't get off like okay you know like you probably really dwelled on this and been like this sucks you know so I hate when arbitrary tips are thrown out there is some science-based stuff which you could text about um with like different um I mean I think that that's a lot to do with one, how our nerve endings are set up. And then two, our met, like mindset, there could be a lot emotionally in the past trauma wise, um, just mindset of current. It could just be over distraction. You know, like there are a lot of little practical reasons that can add to that, that people want to go right for the sex stuff when really it's like with food, it's not always about dieting, you know? Um, so we can definitely text about it if you want, but I also respect that you probably tried a lot and <laughs> considered a lot already. Penetration hurts anyway. It's all about clit. Seriously, that's where the whole branch of nerve endings is. Might be sensory. I've experienced that too. There's a brand that works for me to, uh, there's a one, that, a brand that works for me though. I've heard that the, the sucking action one, you know, you know, like that I have to have a maneuver with my hand. The sucking action one I heard is like, amazing um yeah everyone so anyone i've ever told i don't that i don't like vibration stuff they say you have to get that one then and that's the one i have not tried or or gotten because i'm like i'm going to at some point but i'm just like i like i like what i like you know i rock a good thing but um yeah every time they're like you have to try the sucking one though watch it's life-changing i don't know I've had sex with 40 men, happy that I have, but never had an orgasm with sex. That number doesn't sound crazy at all. Um, can we get a group deal? <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I should get like a, uh, what is it? An ambassador, like discount code or something just for shits and giggles. I had a company reach out to me once. I can't believe I forgot about this. What freaking brand was it? It was there from Australia and what voosh or nick is back there he's like it was this one um <laughs> he handles all like the back office stuff i think it was voosh i think it was v-u-s-h maybe and they wanted to send me one that was like one of the the sucker ones and i was so amped because i was like i've heard nothing but great things absolutely and they sent me i guess they ran out of them or something they sent me a regular old vibrating one and i messaged them i'm like so thank you for this like hundred dollar free vibrator, but like, that's not my thing. I only said yes to this if it was the sucking one and I am not going to do a post about a sex toy that I'm not going to use. And they were like, keep it, have a good life. They have like a luxury vibrator that never got used. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's my story. I'm going to eventually try it one day, but the Voosh one looked great if anyone's in the market. Um, Groupon, that's awesome. <laughs> send it when I, we post the link. Anyone wants any suggestions for sex toys? Send it in the you know comment link. Um, I'm insecure about how few people I've had sex with. Anyone else feel like that? Insecure either way, because that's a big topic. I also think that um, like 
hypersexuality as a result of trauma is not talked about. And also just enjoying sex and having a vagina and enjoying sex, I think is also just like kind of a crazy subject. So there's no number that is good or bad, you know, like you're not like praying mantis, like, you know, eating them after you're done. Right. Like, so what's the big deal? Um, but I can totally see, cause I have felt that myself in the past, the judgment of how many partners I've had, you know? And I think that that's, I don't regret it. You know, I'm like, none of, none of the people I was with ever got a talking to or a judgmental look, you know? So well, why, why is it any more wrong for me? You know, not to mention dealing with trauma and no support at that time. So there's a lot of nuances that make us who we are. I've only nothing to be insecure about. I've only had it with my husband. I'm Nick's first. I didn't even realize it at first. Like we were just talking about it. And like, he definitely told me, and I guess I just breezed right over it, ADHD. And then after we were talking about it and brought it up and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, that's cool. And here we are today. So all about it. Different strokes for different folks, right? Um, Nick should do spouse Zoom meetings. I'm sure he would love it. He would be sm smirking the whole time, bashful as shit. But I think that would be great. And we should do that. Um, Catholic upbringing. Oh, I got a lot of religious upbringing background clients. And, you know, I think the hardest thing that I've dealt with, with these couples is like them wanting to be more adventurous, wanting, you know, they're like, woohoo, we're married. Like, let's go crazy. We have no idea what the hell to do, <laughs> you know? So sometimes those are my favorite couples to talk with. It's like, a whole new world, you know? Um, everybody is, is acceptable. Everyone's accepted here. You know, we let the freak flag fly, or if you keep the freak flag locked up at home, that is great too. There's a freak flag regardless. So we're just here to talk about that freak flag. Everyone hangs that flag differently. Um, I think insecurities plays a part in my sex partner number. Yeah. I think it just, it, for me, again, I don't mean to take your take away your lightning with this, but where I could understand that sentiment would be that it always, because I am someone who has, you know, has a vagina because I'm, I'm a woman and I'm presenting as someone who doesn't care about that number, that there must be something dirty, wrong, damaged, whatever. Um, and it's never been like that. Like Nick was the first person I was with who has never asked me my number ever. Didn't care. Doesn't care. I could, I, you see me, I'm talking freely. I have no filter. I have definitely brought up stories from the past and stuff and he doesn't even flinch. Right. And that was something that was very rare that had never happened before. Um, and again, I don't think that too many people are running around asking my partners who knew my age, they knew, you know, what they were doing. They knew that it meant nothing. Right. And stuff like that. They didn't get that same treatment and no one really knew anything about me. So that being said, what does that say about me? It says that people don't really know the real me. And now, you know, it's, it's easier said than done, but it helps me to remember that it doesn't matter if you slept with 500 people, right? Like that doesn't change anything in how you do what you do, what you do, like how you go on about your day. Um, and it's none of anyone's business. You're not hurting anybody else, you know? So 
That's my opinion, at least. Um, I wish I had been empowered to be more fearless back in the day. Let's talk about something real for real. Uh, and I know we're coming up on time. I love this talk. I could go on forever, but a lot of people, and, and I don't, I want to be sensitive in how I say this, but it is okay to wake up one day and realize that you didn't do as much as you wanted to do in the past. So you're happy in the setup you're in. You don't want to change it. You don't like, you're good. You know, like you don't have like regrets, let's say about ending up in the place that you've ended up in. Right. But you can look back and say, well, of all the things, this is something I wish I had done. Or, you know, I think that everybody, if it could have happened any other way, it would have. That's my favorite saying, because it really helps me feel assur rest assured that we can only take information from the past. We can't dwell on it. Right. So everything, the amount of partners you've had, the amount of experience you had or haven't had, whatever, all culminates to lead you to the place that you're at, where you can sit there and say that you have that realization. So it's necessary, right? But now you've got someone built in. So if you if you work on the comforts of what of asking for what you want, of talking about your feelings without it meaning you have to change anything about your relationship, you know, that having those three pillars comes into play here too. Maybe you want to do more stuff together. Maybe you don't, you just want to talk about it. You know, maybe you want to hear from them that they feel the same way a little bit. You know, like it's okay to have conversations that aren't just like you're such a sex god. I love it. You know, they don't want that. They don't expect that. And <laughs> Nick just said Nick's like I do um but most of the time they don't <laughs> Nick doesn't but uh, these three pillars being present for current sensations being present for pleasure seeking and communicating those needs and that compromise and those compromises if you're both on the same page with those three areas or you feel connected to how you feel in those three areas solo sex is going to be better by default and if it is a matter of, you know, if I, I have poly clients, right? Like I, I, when I tell you we are a sex positive place, I have poly clients and I'm, I'm a monogamous person, right? So I don't give a shit, do what you do. But those insecurities that come from that, the wanting to talk about that with their partners and not knowing how, not how, knowing how to hurt, how to not hurt their feelings, things like that. If you need help with any of that, reach out because just because it's a hard convo to have doesn't mean it's not worth having. It just means that it could be done in a way that doesn't upset either of you, but brings you to these three pillars, you know? So I hope this was helpful. I know it got a little rambly and stuff, but um, if you need anything, if you need an elaboration on this, like I said, I could talk about this shit all day. Um, shoot me a message and we can get into the specifics for your setup. And yeah, I hope this was helpful. Enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, if you can go have some good sex. And if not, have some good sex with yourself. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.